Hi, and welcome to the Jack and Ian Show. Today on the show, we're going to get to a ton. Uh, I was able to watch a college football game live and in person this last week that it's not a TCU football game. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about the NFL, as always, my Dallas Cowboys being able to come out on top of the New England Patriots in a game that is for the ages. Uh, and then the NBA is starting tonight. Now, this will probably come out Wednesday. Uh, we're, we're filming this on Tuesday night. So as of right now, the NBA season is getting started, which could not have me more excited. Ian, how are you doing? You ready to talk about some NFL? I'm doing great, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for another week of the podcast. So, yeah, let's just get straight into it. Um, as always, we're going to start with the players of the week. And I don't think this comes to – I don't think this is a doubt to anyone, honestly. Cooper Cup is at the top of our list for players of the week. He had a fantastic week. Fantasy owners for Cooper Cup, you guys must be loving life. I'm hating it because I played against him twice. Um, in, in the Rams 38-11 to 11 win over the Giants, Cup had nine receptions, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. And that was on offense. And then on defense, the Rams were just insane with four sacks and three interceptions. So. Yeah, I mean, I, you probably saw those videos of the Giants fans leaving at halftime yeah. of that game. I mean, that was just a tough one for the New York Giants to swallow. One nice thing to come out of it, that is the first time ever that has been the final score of an NFL game, 38-11. to 11. First time in NFL history we've had a game where that is the final. Um, obviously, Giants still probably hate that, but uh, the rest of us are able to kind of enjoy it because yeah. not every day that happens. Yeah, definitely. And then, and then our, our next player of the week, um, he's from the AFC, and he's been on our list multiple times, and he's on it again. It's going to be Derrick Henry. This guy's just absolutely insane. Again, I mean, I'm going to read out his stats, but 20 carries, 143 yards, and three touchdowns in Tennessee's 34-31 win over the Bills, who who almost won at the end but had some questionable play calling. That was another ridiculous game. I mean, we're about to talk about the game of the week, but we might as well yeah. talk about this one first. I mean, this game last night, our Monday night football, was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Uh, came down to the wire. Derrick Henry really could not be stopped all game. Yeah. I mean, he had a 70-something yard touchdown yeah. run in the second quarter to get the Titans going. Yeah. Uh, and after that, really, I mean, he was just getting eight, nine yards, it felt like every time he touched the ball. I mean, he was really, really good for them uh, in a game that was super memorable. Yep. Um, did you see when they tried the Music City Miracle? I did, I did, too? I saw that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to give Bill, ten, Bill fans intense PTSD. Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> those Bill fans were not going to be happy. Imagine if they scored that again. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Dude, oh, my gosh. That would have made that... Tennessee just be electric. Yeah. I mean, that stadium would have been lit on fire for real. After if they had scored a touchdown off of that, unfortunately, it was a forward pass. Yeah, uh, it would have been funny if yeah. it was reversed. Yeah, uh, but you know hap that happened the first time or yeah. whatever. But it didn't. Uh, you know, Titans tried to relive history and it didn't pan out for him. It was still an incredible game. Uh, you know. Josh Allen slipping at the end of the game, really. Yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like. It looks like he slipped, and I, I, I actually didn't want to talk about that. So, I mean, personally, I, I guess you could call me a conservative play caller. I'm a very safe person when it comes to risking things. Right. Um, and so I totally would have just taken the three points and gone for overtime. Um, because, I mean, honestly, if, if you're the Bills, I'm sitting there, and I, I'm kind of thinking of a win-win situation because – you kick the field goal, it's tied 34-34 going into overtime, right? If you lose a coin toss, you have a fantastic defense in, you know, your 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 Bills defense. 
going up against a solid offense in the Titans. So it's not like your defense. I mean, obviously the defense was being trampled on all game, right. but you still are kind of due for a stop. Yeah. But and then on the flip side, if you were to get, you know, if 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 you are actually able to maintain possession of the ball going into overtime. I mean, you have a fantastic offense going up against a, a bit of a sketchy defense. So Yeah, that's true. Um, it, it would be very tempting, though, to go for it on fourth oh, yeah. when you're that close to the goal mm-hmm. line uh, with not much time left. I mean, yeah. it feels like a, you, Josh Allen's a big guy. He is. So, I'm I surprised mean, he slipped like that, That too. feels pretty guaranteed if he doesn't slip. I mean, Simmons played it perfectly. Yeah off the defensive line yeah. for the Titans. I mean, he read that play so well, yep. which is what stopped him once he slipped. But, yeah. I mean, if he's able to stare on his feet and get a little bit more footing there, it feels like he might have possibly made it. But, yeah. you know, who knows? Simmons still read it really, really yeah. well uh, in a game that was extraordinarily exciting. Uh, really, I mean, the Titans in that division are just going to dominate. Yep. I mean, the rest of their division is so awful. Yeah, I mean, the Texans, poor. the Colts, the Jaguars. Yeah. Those I mean, teams are terrible, terrible. I mean, only the Colts I can see is you know possibly kind of hanging in there just because of their defense. But I mean, I, I Titans I don't think feel much pretty guaranteed Lance. to have a playoff spot yeah. by this point. I mean, they're not absolutely stellar or anything, but yeah. I mean, nobody nobody else in that division is yeah. even close to good. Shout good out, enough, right? Shout out to the Jaguars, by the way. Yeah. Shout out Urban Meyer. He's gotten a lot of hate. Uh, that said, it was a London game, so nobody cared. Uh, and also, it was against the Dolphins, so double nobody cared. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to the Jaguars, though. Urban Meyer getting his first of probably very few pro football wins in his career. Yes. Um, you know, that was a big one. That was yeah. a big one. We talked about how that was just a terrible game. It ended up being pretty close. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, who cares? Yeah. I, I, know? I do want to talk about actually that play that set up the 53 yard game winning field goal. I thought that was a pretty ballsy move. With six seconds left in, I think, one or two timeouts, they ran like a, a short, quick slant right into the middle of the hashes, and they got it down, picked up nine yards, took the timeout with one second left, and pretty much yeah. teed it up for the kicker. I, I, I mean, that, that was pretty, um, not, not just ballsy, but it worked to perfection. Yes, no, they, they needed to do that pretty perfectly. So props to the Jaguars for getting something right. Yeah. They've had a tough go. Of, they needed that bad. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. if they lost that plane ride back? Just demoralizing. That I mean, that's that's a few hours, and you know you've now dropped all your games so far, and your head coach yeah. is pretty iffy. So you yeah. know that that's prob- that's a big big win for them uh, yeah. in terms of just what it means going forward. Uh, just even in years to yeah. come, I mean, yeah, that, that matters a ton to get that win, man. Yeah. So that was an interesting game for yep. sure. Um, what, what's the game of the week, though? We haven't talked about that. Yeah, so so game of the week. We hinted at it just a little bit, but it's got to be America's team. Cowboys against the Patriots. That was just a great game, honestly. I, yes. I was watching that up in my dorm, um, going crazy with some of my friends because, cause, I mean, there were, what, three or four lead changes in, like, three minutes? In the last few minutes, yeah, it was unbelievable. I mean, first you kind of, okay, first I guess we we'll might as well start with kind of all of this stuff that went on within the game, then we can talk about some narratives that came out of it. So what happened in the game is Trayvon Diggs had a pick six with about three minutes left. I think they were down six at the time. They were down six. Trayvon Diggs got an interception, returned it. Maybe they were down four. I don't even know. They were losing. Yeah. This got him the lead. Literally next play, New England hits this 70-something yard bomb of a touchdown. And the broken coverage, yeah. And then... 
then Dallas gets the ball back, and you're kind of going, well, now that's too much time. And then Dallas drives it back down the field, yeah. sends it to overtime. And then C.D. Lamb wins it in overtime on a walk-off touchdown that, I mean, he could not have been more wide open on. Yeah. And then he waved waved by. So yeah. that, was, that, was a, that was a great game uh, to watch. Extraordinarily entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I lo- I love to see it. Ceedee Lamb had a fantastic yeah. game in that one too. Yeah, no, Ceedee Lamb, honestly, he he's really stepped up and kind of taken. In, in my opinion, he's taken that wide receiver one spot. I I, I, I yeah. feel like Cooper fluctuates a lot, especially as a Raiders fan. I've seen him with the Raiders for for quite a few years, and you know that's what he tends to do. But again, shout out to Ceedee Lamb. Shout out to Trayvon Diggs again. Seven interceptions. In six yeah. games. Now, there is that whole narrative now, which I, I was going to bring it up, of him just being good at jumping coverages and not necessarily being a good corner. And this came sure. up when he was the one on the busted coverage that yeah, uh, he led was. to that touchdown on the next play. So a lot of people are kind of pointing to that going, see? Yeah. See, he's not that good. Yeah. He's right? got holes for sure in this like, game. but He's not that good. I'm like, he has seven intersections in six games. Come yeah. on. Like, you would not... People acting like this dude's Jamal Adams. Yeah. Or oh my God, Jamal like, Adams getting the good. ball right, like, right in his face mask. Like people act like he's not a good corner. Like come on, yeah. seven interceptions. Yeah. Like that's insane. Yeah. And to act like just acting like he's not that good, he's overrated. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like he's sure every player has flaws, but he is one of the best we've seen. Like he's had one of the best stretches we've ever seen when it comes to jumping routes and getting interceptions. Yeah. I mean, he has been extraordinarily yeah. good, and uh, people now kind of point to that play like there's not enough evidence saying that he's an uh, uh, absolutely awesome corner. Yeah. Say, look, he's not that good. <laughs> it's like one play. Come on. Yeah, but but also, right, if, if you think about it, I mean, he's shown consistency. It's not like, okay, Trevon Diggs has seven interceptions. He had four in one game and hasn't done squat in the other few games. He's had, a he's had one in every game. single game, and then he had that one game where he had two. So he's showing consistency as well. It's not just, okay, he's he's up and then he's down, he's up and down, up and down. Right. He's so, yeah. been extremely consistent. I mean, Dak Prescott himself said he doesn't even throw to him in practice. I mean, this dude is an awesome corner uh, I mean, he just ended up catching some flack for that one play. Yeah. Despite seven games of evidence to the contrary yeah. of what these people now are arguing. Yeah. I mean, those people are just idiots. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, like you said, he has holes in this game, but yeah. come on. Um, other things out of that game, though, Dak Prescott, who knows? Walking boot. Who's seen in the walking boot in uh, in this post-game uh, press conference. So You want him to be healthy with the season he's having. Yeah, especially after last season. I mean, you you, you yes. really feel bad for the guy after week five, or I think it was week five, right against the Giants when he dislocated his ankle, just was terrible. And then, I mean, now I, I'm not sure which foot it was. I think it's still his right foot. But yeah, you got to hope this is all precautionary stuff, yeah. and that it in no way is really legitimate, mm-hmm. um, a legitimate injury that yeah. will leave him out for a substantial amount of time. Yeah. I mean, granted, you're really in no hurry. Yeah. Like the Titans, you're in a very, very bad division. Yeah, I mean, and they started really off so well. Poor. I mean, they're they're in a terrible division. Yeah. Um, you know, I yeah. mean, you've got Washington, Philly, 
and the New York Giants, who we just saw play a terrible game. Yeah. I mean, all those teams are really, really bad this year. Uh, even if he is hurt, I don't think you got too much to worry about. Yeah. you got plenty of weapons. Especially with the bye week coming up, you know. Yeah. They, they've got the bye before taking on the Vikings on That's Sunday why football, I think so. a lot of it could be precautionary. Yeah. It's just so that he you make sure he's healthy because yeah. you're in no rush to get him practicing necessarily. Exactly. Um, that's what I'm hoping at yeah. least. I, I think it probably will be. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. And then I think moving on, I think we're going to – Talk about not Patrick Mahomes, but what's going on with his family, man? His family is still. I okay. Last week, or let, let me, let me, let me put it this way. Um, you know the Zoltar, the toy, like yeah. the fortune teller. Yeah, Zoltar. Yeah, yeah. You can call me Zoltar, because I can tell the future. Last week. I came on this show and said his family will continue to be a distraction and will continue to be a problem. Granted, not that tough of a prediction. Yeah, yeah. Not that hard. I put my money on that. Not that hard to predict. No. Like, anybody with the brain could have seen this coming. Now, granted, I I am that person with the brain that did see this coming. I, I talked about it. I said, Jackson Mahomes... Specifically, maybe his girlfriend, maybe his mom every once in a while, but him specifically will continue to be a distraction and a problem. And oh boy, was he one this yeah. last Sunday. I mean, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Jackson Mahomes, here, I'll, I'll let you yeah. uh, explain. Explain. So, so basically, I, 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 I don't know the full story, but I mean, from what I saw, he was doing one of his same old. Dumb, stupid TikTok video dances on the sideline pregame. But, you know, I mean, obviously people hate that. But what he did on Sunday was that he was dancing on Sean Taylor's number 21, which is being retired that day for, for, for the Washington football team. And so people found it really disrespectful. Um, and, I mean, I, I did too. Um, so I, I thought that was, you know, kind of, kind of uh, disappointing to see. Obviously... Um, I don't think he did it on purpose, um, well. but, but but the thing is, you can't be that unaware. I mean, pregame, they're retiring Sean Taylor's jersey number, and you happen to be standing on it, and you still decide to dance. So, yeah, um, just disappointing. Yeah, he said, this is a tweet he sent out after, he said, I want to sincerely apologize for accidentally being on Sean Taylor's number 21 at FedEx Field. We were directed to stand in that area, and I'm in absolutely no disrespect to him or his family. Um, why would someone direct you to stand in a gated-off area that's about, like, six by six feet? Yeah. It is a small area. He said he was directed to stand there. Uh, someone needs to direct him to a desert island where he can't hurt people. Yeah. Uh, it can be like, it can't, you know, it can kind of be like that movie Castaway. Oh, what except, a great movie. What a except great movie. in this case, nobody wants him to get off the island. Yeah. Everybody's cool with him staying there forever. Just hang out there with, with Wilson. Wilson is my favorite character <laughs> in that movie. Well cast. Well cast, Wilson. Um, could, um, yeah, whoever cast him did a great job. Um, <laughs> Anyway, he needs to he needs to be put on a desert island where he's no longer a threat to society, because right now he is a menace and mm-hmm. uh, he will continue to be one, primarily to Patrick Mahomes' yeah. career. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patrick should probably be the one that wants to put him on that island. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he said we were directed to stand in that area. That doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, yeah. Granted, he doesn't 
seem that smart. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't I mean, seem to be that smart of a person. Yeah. So I'm okay. I, it could be sincere. Yeah. I mean, that I, he is just stupid. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but without attacking him and his mental capacity, you know, whether or not he meant to do it or not, you know, it was just kind of, you know. It was just kind of something that nobody wanted to see. No, you know? no, especially a TikTok. Yeah. Come on. You might as well, like, rip up that number. I, I mean, mean, Sean Taylor died when TikTok. he was 24. He was shot, right? Yeah, he, I'm pretty sure he was young. It also was a TikTok. Yeah. Which makes it even worse. Yep. Regardless of if the guy died or not, just to have a TikTok on a, on a number. On a football, on field, a football man. field, Just on a football field. It, it, was, it was pretty That doesn't rough. belong there, so. Uh, and other kind of news around the NFL. Um I love the Aaron Rodgers, I own you. There's a new owner in Chicago. Oh, yes. It was, uh, that was pretty pretty hilarious to me, mainly because it's Aaron Rodgers yeah. screaming, I own you, I own you, to a crowd of people who are from Chicago. I mean, Aaron Rodgers looks like he owns two gas stations in Tupelo, Mississippi. He does, especially he needs with that haircut. A, he needs a haircut. Yeah, that is not a good look for him. No, he... he to be honest. No, it's not, which made it even funnier. <laughs> The fact that he had that haircut and was screaming and was able to scream at thousands of people, I own you, I own you, and that's taken like, oh my gosh, like he, he's legit. Which, by the way, his record against the Bears is insane. Like he, he's, he ha- kind of has a right to say that by this point, given yeah. how good he's been against them. Uh, I mean, it, it was still just hilarious to watch, especially mm-hmm. after a running touchdown. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, the guy from State Farm. I mean, yeah. Really, and Chicago. he did that discount double check uh, celebration he too. I had not that. seen that for a long he did the time. Most aggressive discount double check celebration. Yeah. I miss those. I do too. Him and BJ Raji. Those uh, have not been around for a minute. That's yeah. sad. Um, anyway, they'll lose in the NFC Championship game, and then we're going to yeah, forget about it's it. It's pretty but. much guaranteed. So, yeah, that that was another piece of news from yeah. the NFL. Um, I think that's what we got for the NFL this week. Yeah, though. it is. Yeah, so 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 that's going to wrap up the NFL segment, um, and then we're going to move into co- some uh, college football. Yes, we are. So, a little bit of backstory. This last week was fall break for Ian and I. Uh, I was out of town uh, visiting some friends uh, in Starkville. I was able to stop home, which was nice, and able to stop in Oxford and see some buddies, but the majority of my time was spent in Starkville, Mississippi, uh, which is where Mississippi State is. Um, I was I was going that Saturday to the Mississippi State-Alabama game. It was a blast to be down in Starkville. Good old-fashioned college town, good tailgating, all that stuff. Um, ended up going to the game that night, so I wasn't able to catch a ton of of college football games live, but at the tailgate, you know, we had games on, yep. so I'm I was sure. able to watch a ton there. I saw, first and foremost, my Auburn Tigers get a victory on the road yes. against Arkansas, who started the year strong, now has lost three straight, three good teams they've lost to. Yep. Um, but they're, they've got to be worn out by this point. Auburn getting a win. Bo Nix looking the best he's looked in yep. a long time. Uh, he looked extraordinarily good against Arkansas. Um Another one uh, that we got to see was Georgia absolutely throttle Kentucky. Um, I was hoping against hope coming into this game that Kentucky would be able to hold their own as an undefeated team, but at the end of the day, Kentucky's still Kentucky. Uh, Looking at who they've beaten this year, they haven't really beaten anybody of significance, uh, so they ended up losing that. Um, And then, you know... 
I got to see Iowa lose to Purdue. Iowa yeah. was number two in the country. Yeah. And Purdue dominated them. Yeah. All game long. They dominated, dominated, dominated. Uh, winning that game, I think, 24-7. to seven. Uh, And then here's the two games kind of of the week in college football. Um, and then I'll talk about the one – or I'll talk about the one I went to first. Yeah. So I went to the Alabama-Mississippi State game, which I heard coming in on some, I guess, insider intel from a buddy of mine that uh, who had another buddy at Alabama that works closely with the team, that Alabama most weeks before they lost Texas A&M uh, was kind of joking around. They were having a good time in the locker room. I mean, they're college kids. They're goofing off. Uh, but this last week, after they lost to Texas A&M, that place was apparently silent. Damn. Like, it was quiet, and they were uh, they were getting focused for this game against Mississippi State, which right when I heard that, I was like, oh, boy. Uh, Mississippi State is about to get blown out, uh, which they did. They lost, I think, 49-9. to uh, it was Yikes. a fun game to be at still. It was a fun atmosphere, I mean, oh, with yeah. the cowbells and stuff. Uh, it was a fun game to go to, but Alabama just whooped them, yeah. uh, which was no shock to me once I heard that they just were have this laser focus all week. Yeah. Um, the other game, so I then, after the game, went back with some buddies uh, to their apartment to finish watching the games of the week. So we, first off, this is kind of important for timeline. So we left the stadium from yeah. a game that started at 6. Then we went back to a tail, the tailgate to clean up. Okay. We cleaned up everything, packed it up. Then we had to drive a few minutes to get back to the apartment. Uh, so it's been about 30, 40 minutes sure. since the game ended. Yeah. Now, a game that just started 30 minutes after the game I was at was Ole Miss, Tennessee. A competition for who has the worst fan base in college football. Now, this game had been hyped up all week because of how much these fan bases suck. Now, these two schools are awful. They're terrible football schools. Ole Miss happens to have a decent quarterback this year. That's why everybody loves him. Still think he's going to win the Heisman, by the way, Matt Corral. Uh, but they're not, they're not that ex- I mean, they're exciting this year, but really nobody cares. Uh, same with Tennessee. Tennessee, nobody's cared about you since the 2000s, really late 90s. So... Really, only a few people cared. Most of them were fans of the teams, yet it was still all over social media. So that was kind of annoying, but I had to deal with it, and everybody else did because of how much these two fan bases suck and are going to talk because they're annoyed by the other fan base, really. Sure. Um, And so what ended up happening was this game went on forever. So when I got back, there was still a ton of time left in the fourth. Oh, yeah. This game went on late. Uh, because of how many injuries there were. I mean, I didn't see them. Yeah. But just hearing about it later, apparently there were like a million players that were getting injured in that third quarter, which extended the game a ton. Uh-huh. Now, at the end of the game, this is where it gets fun. Um, at the end of the game, uh, I believe this is how events went down. So Hooker, who was the starting quarterback for Tennessee, uh, he – oh, no, he didn't get injured first. What happened was – is Ole Miss was up, Tennessee got the ball back, and then all of a sudden, sudden, trash started getting thrown out of the stands. That was that game? Oh, yeah. Oh. Which, it started with a golf ball hitting Lane Kiffin, which, by the way, shout out to that person. They have unbelievable aim. I mean, that was on the money. The fact <coughs> that you can hit a guy from the stands from that far is unbelievable to me. I mean, 
So shout out that guy. Uh, good throw. Um, yeah, things just started flying. I mean, they had to clear the whole student yeah. set. They had to, the band started leaving. Like, you were going, what in the, we were all watching this together going, mm-hmm. what in the world is happening? Yeah. I mean, nothing like that ever happens. Yeah. I mean, you've seen people throw stuff from the stands. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that yeah. normally happens after a game ends. I've seen it more in professional sports than college That happened. Well. well, you've seen it happen in Philadelphia more yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. Now, that rarely happens in, like, Knoxville at a college football sure. game. Uh, they just started hurling stuff onto the field, and everybody had to get vacated. You're like, is this game going to finish? Yeah. It ended up getting finished. Now, the thing is, the issue for Tennessee is they were down five uh, with a chance to win. Tennessee had the ball back. I remember now. Tennessee got the ball back, uh, and then there was a bad call. by the. Re- it was saying he didn't get the first down. Oh, okay. And then they ended up. Was that on third? Yeah, I think it was on a, I forgot which one. I think it was a fourth down. They said he didn't get the first down. or I for, didn't know they said he did get, I forgot. Right, it was something about getting yeah. a first down. They got upset. They started throwing stuff. Um, that's what they do. It's Tennessee fans. Yeah. Now, um, what ended up happening was um, Hooker got injured. He was going to drive him down the field. They were going to win that game. Now comes in Joe Milton. The backup. He started the season for Tennessee. He has a 47% completion percentage on the year. Oh, boy. You have the ball back with 20 seconds left. You're at about the 20-yard line and a chance to win. Now, there are memes about this guy that say we should send Joe Milton to Iraq so that he can overthrow the Taliban for a reason. <laughs> oh my. He overthrows everything. He cannot hit a ball accurately. He overthrows literally everything. Jeez. Uh, which is why we should send him to Iraq to overthrow the Taliban. Yeah. Um, he didn't do that. He had the most boneheaded play I think I've ever seen in my life. With a few seconds left and a chance to win the game, Joe Milton decides to leave the pocket basically immediately on a three-man rush okay. instead of letting his, his guys get downfield. Like, you know, yeah. you want him to sit back. If you yeah, have to yeah, leave, yeah. you can leave, whatever, buy yourself time. So I'm like, oh, he's just going to buy himself time, and then he's going to throw it at the yeah. end, the end zone because yeah. that's what all quarterbacks would do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that. He takes off running. How far was this? About 20, 25 yards. Oh, oh boy. Uh, he makes it about five <laughs> before he, he steps out of bounds. Oh. Which is horrendous. I cannot think of a more stupid way to end this game, yet in a way more perfect way to end this game, given the circumstances. I mean, it was just the dumbest play. I mean, literally the most idiotic play I think I've ever seen a player make. I mean, why would you not throw it up in the end zone? Yeah. Why would you think that's a good idea? You know there's like 20 seconds left. And then, you know, you wasted, like, two or three plays. Now you yeah. got three. I mean, they're playing probably prevent defense as well, so they're all yeah. going to be back there. It's not like you're you're going to beat, like, four, five, six guys and then no. have a blockage in front. No way. And so he did not do that. In fact, he got stopped very quick. He didn't even get stopped. He stepped out of bounds, um, which I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah. That was very funny to watch. Yeah. Um, well, one thing I noticed was that, so you said he has a completion percentage of, what, 42? 47% on oh, the 47, year. 47, 47. All right, so that went up just a little bit because he was one for two. So. Good for him. Good for him. You know, help padding those stats. Yeah. Um, 
The other game I wanted to mention was an 11 o'clock game, Florida versus LSU. Um, this is big uh, for multiple of reasons. First, shout out uh, Ty Davis Price for run for 287 yards against Florida. That man could not be stopped all Saturday. Um, also, I don't know how many of y'all have noticed, but Florida sucks. Uh, Dan Mullen, I think he's still a good coach. I mean, he was awesome at Mississippi State, and then he left, and now he sucks. Florida is 2-6 and six versus Power 5 teams in their last eight games against Power 5 teams, which is extraordinarily bad. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that was just a bad game. Now, the headline from this game, though, was that Ed Ogeron, the coach at LSU, yeah. um, will now be gone um, for hilarious reasons. Um, number one, he's not a good coach. Number two, he divorced his wife last year, and now he has a woman problem. Now, I should say women, because it's more than one. Uh, the first of which uh, was when he hit on a pregnant woman at a gas station. Uh, Just use your brain, dude. First off, I don't think pregnant woman at a gas station is what most people go for. At Ogeron to each his own, but I don't know. That just seemed a little bit odd to me. Yeah. To be hitting on, I mean, is he really that desperate? I mean, pregnant ladies at gas stations. I believe the pickup line he used, I couldn't find it on my phone real quick. I just had to check. I think he said, you look like you work out. He says, you look like you could, he goes, you look like you work out. And she goes, yeah, I do. And then he goes, we, we look like we might also work together. Or something like that. Something really stupid. Which, you guys, the Ed Ogeron voice. Yeah. That's not a good Ogeron. I can't do a good Ogeron. It's a hard one, dude. It's, it's hard. a hard impression if you're not really Cajun. But uh, you got to imagine him saying that in his voice, yeah. looking the way he does. Yeah. This big, um, this big guy walking up to you. No neck. Um, and he, and by the way, this lady apparently married to a guy that is very high up in the LSU athletic oh, department. Oh, boy. Which is not a good thing. Yeah. Uh, also, the other thing he did was he would bring women to practice and then let their children uh, do drills with the players. Jeez. Which, again, <laughs> I don't know a proper way to react to that. I don't know what his whole strategy is with women. It doesn't seem that great. Yeah. But he... The, mainly the gas station. But he was getting... The, I mean, that, that's very fireable. Yeah. I mean, they said he, he he got fired because he was too distracted. Football was no longer his main focus in life, which is clearly evident when you're bringing women and their children to practice. Yeah, I think uh, I think coaches thinking back to his good old days when he was actually in college, I think he, I think college is actually the, the, the main distraction. Yeah, Being no. back because... He, what, he's 60 years old? That was a good 42 years ago when he was uh, goodness. What, I mean, 18. Yeah, he's, he just needs to get his life together, just in general. I mean, that's just bad. Um, anyway, that's what, that's what I got uh, for college football this week. Again, shout out, uh, you know, LSU for curb stomping Florida, though, on with their run game. I mean, that was only one score game, but LSU dominated. Um yeah, that's what I got for college football for the week. But, you know, there's always college football next week. Yep. You know? Yep. We always got to look ahead. We got to exactly. stop living in the past 
And we also got to make some money. We yeah. got to make a lot of money and we got to make it fast because that's the only way to make money. Yeah. So for that, we go to Jackson. Welcome back, sports bettors. I'm here with another week of picks. Five picks and I can't lose parlay. Three and two last week on the gut picks. I'm going to stick with it this week. 17, 17, and three overall. Breaking even. Good stuff. CLP is 0-2, but the gut picks are working. So uh, I'm going to stick with it this week. First pick, Wednesday night game. So get that bet in quick. Coastal Carolina minus 5 at Appalachian State. I think Coastal Carolina wins this game by at least a touchdown. Uh, they're pretty dominant, undefeated team. Uh, next game, Pac-12. Oregon plus 2 on the road at UCLA. I don't think UCLA is that good. I think Oregon wins this game by at least a touchdown. Go Ducks. Uh, next game, ACC. Pitt, minus three versus Clemson. Clemson sucks. They have no offense. Pitt has a Heisman candidate quarterback uh, who's actually kind of decent. Wouldn't really consider him a Heisman candidate. They win this game by more than three. Next game, going down south to the SEC. Ole Miss, minus nine versus LSU. Ole Miss, real deal, won a tough road game last week against Tennessee. Lucky golf ball, Lane Kiffin, he's got it in his pocket. Get your popcorn out, Ole Miss wins this one big. Final game, TCU, minus four and a half versus West Virginia. TCU's homecoming, obviously they expect to win their homecoming. I think they win this game by at least a touchdown. Offense is clicking, scored 31 last week against Oklahoma, could have scored more. Um, I think... They win this game by at least a touchdown. I think they figure things out on defense. TCU, minus four and a half. Here's a gut pick. Can't lose parlay. Lost last week. Lost the week before. It's going to win this week. It's can't lose parlay. New England, money line versus the New York Jets. The Jets suck. New England's actually kind of decent. Mac Jones doing a lot better than people expected him to. They were going to win this game easily. NBA is back. My first NBA, NBA pick of the season is here in the can't lose parlay. Saturday, Mavs money line at Raptors. The Raptors don't have anybody anymore. There's no, there's no guy in in Toronto. You know, Drake, Drake Curse hit them hard after they won the NBA Finals. Uh, Luca wins this game by himself. Uh, Mavs money line at Raptors. Last game, LA money line versus Atlanta. I think Atlanta wins the series overall. It's going to be gentlemen sweet. This is going to be the one game LA wins in LA Saturday night. LA Moneyline versus Atlanta. Take it. Take all those picks. You'll win money easily. Thank you. And I'll see you next week. All right, Jackson. Thank you for those bets of the week. And folks, now it's time for some more postseason updates. And let's just kick it off with one of the most controversial calls of the postseason so far. And do you, do you remember that check swing call on Wilmer Flores? Yeah. To, to end the Dodgers and Giants series? Yeah, that was a big one, Giants fans, yeah. uh, not fans. Yeah, that was a tough one. I mean, even, like, I, I was at home. I didn't really care who won, um, but that's a tough way to go out. Um, yeah. Because Flores definitely held up his bat, was not past the plate yet. Um, I, I, I totally understand for the umpire, it's hard to make those calls. Um, Gabe Morales was the first base umpire that made it, but that's just pretty disappointing, especially in such a such an important series between two huge, huge, huge rivals. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of felt bad for 
the Giants, but you know, honestly, that that's kind of how things work out sometimes. Um, there's always going to be those types of calls. Um, and do I think the Giants would have come back had that been called uh, a no swing? No, I I, yeah. I I still think the Dodgers would have won it because Scherzer was firing on all cylinders. But still, you 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 know, you never like to see a team go out that way on such a tough call like that. Yeah, and it always leaves the what if. Like yeah. like you said, I mean, they probably wouldn't have won that game, meaning they probably wouldn't have won the series. So, But there's that probably, right? There's that maybe yeah. if it doesn't happen, he hits a home run the next play and they yeah. win. The, you know what I mean? like, And then it's like the one of the best wins in franchise history. Yeah. You know, so like there's always that what if factor that you have to deal with. Um, not the probably, because that, that, it's the what if that's always going to eat at those fans yeah. forever. I mean, that's just absolutely heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah. And not how you want it. You don't want to end a series on a weird rule <laughs> technicality thing where an umpire had a bad uh, bad judgment, you yeah. know? That's Especially just, for the last out of the game, That's just not too. fun for anyone, you know? Yeah. I mean, you wish it went a different way. Yeah. Um, while we're talking now, by the way, we've got... Both games going on uh, as teams are still trying to fight to get in the World Series, trying to win a chip for their yeah. hometown. Uh, Braves up two one. What are they? They're up two zero. Braves are up two zero. So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Giants fans are going to be pretty excited about they're that. Two zero. Uh, looks like they're about to drop this one though to the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, about to make it two one. That's why I was thinking two one. Yeah. Uh, looks like it's about to be two one. Uh, I think Atlanta still probably is, wins the series. Yeah, Atlanta's been too. playing really lights out the yeah. last few games. Uh, Dodgers obviously have been a really good team all season, but I think Atlanta. I yeah. mean, they've got three games to win a game. Exactly. So I think they'll win it. Yeah, and and also I mean the the Dodgers right now at six to five, top of the ninth. Dodgers just had a four run bottom of the eighth, so they they might have saved themselves for tonight, but. You know that that's probably not going to cut it against the Braves coming no. out, but and the Braves have dominated that series so far. Yeah. I mean, it, it just it just feels like the Braves yep. are going to get it done. Yep. The other one is the Red Sox versus the Houston Astros. Uh, Houston won Game One, and they have been pretty much slaughtered ever since. Yeah. Uh, with Boston kind of handily. Uh, beating them in games two and three, yeah. uh, Boston a chance. They're, they have the lead right now two one. Uh, they have a chance to go ahead and advance uh, with a win tonight. Uh, we'll see if they can make that happen. Oh no, actually, if they win tonight, they'll be up three one. But it's a it's oh, a set oh, of seven. Yeah, that's yeah, my bad. yeah. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. I mean, the, the Red Sox, you know, were 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 kind of asleep on the first game against the Astros, but game two, two grand slams, one from. Uh, What's his face? J.D. Martinez, and then the other from Rafael Devers? I think so, yeah. So, and then in Game 3, they had um, Kyle Schwarber with a grand slam to, to, to right field in Fenway, so Red Sox are raking right now. Yeah, I think the Red Sox have the best chance of winning this series. They've yeah. been good all season long. Yeah. I mean, the Astros have been too, but nobody likes them, and I don't like them, so I choose to believe that they're not going to win. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah. though, that that's going to be the, the quick postseason update, and now... We are going to talk about basketball for the first time ever. It's on NBA season, yeah. uh, meaning I'm happy. Uh, you know, I love NBA season. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, my beloved Memphis Grizzlies uh, play their first game tomorrow night, but tonight uh, it's the Bucks, Nets, and the Lakers. Uh, play your Golden State Warriors. Yeah, uh, it's a it's always a fun time. Yeah. 
uh, when you got the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB all really firing at once. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, let's talk some NBA. Uh, first off, I guess we'll talk about some end-of-the-season predictions. Uh, Ian, who have you got in the NBA Finals, uh, and do you have a winner out of the two? Yeah, so, I mean... Just, just based off of the stats and the rosters, I mean, I feel like if the Lakers or the Nets don't make it to the finals, it would be a pretty much, I mean, it, it would be a straight-up failure. Um, just like even last season when, when the Nets didn't make it. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel like those teams need to, especially with the kinds of teams that they have. I mean, they're essentially super teams, just like how the Warriors were um, back in 2015, 2016, right. 17. These um, do feel a little more produced than those teams. They do, yeah. They've been together for less long. I mean, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. I mean, yeah. those and Draymond Green though, and, and Ingrid Dalla at the time. I mean, yeah. it felt like they had such good chemistry. I yeah. mean, these Nets and Lakers teams, the one thing about them is, I mean, they're, they all come from a yeah. billion other teams, you know. They're yeah. kind of all glued together. I mean, yeah. it feels like, you know. Picking and choosing from... Exactly. Everywhere. So we'll see how they all mesh. Probably pretty good. They got a lot of good players. Uh, yeah. But who have you got kind of coming out on that series? If if you had to pick one, I would. Well, I want to go with the Lakers just because I, I I really like LeBron James and I can't stand James Harden and and you know I mean even though Kevin Durant played for the Warriors you know I do feel a bit like 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 we were stabbed in the back when he left but yeah. Uh, but yeah I, I I would have to go with the Lakers on that one. So, yeah, staying in California. So that makes sense. Uh, I kind of went with a little bit of a curveball that no one's really talking. People have been talking uh, this off season about how they think the Jazz will probably win the regular season again, uh, which I agree with. I think they'll probably be one of the best teams in the regular season. Probably have one of the best records. They have absurdly good team chemistry. They remind me of those old Spurs teams. Yeah, they had two six man of the year candidates last year. Um, the exception is I don't. I think if injuries don't prohibit them, I think they might be in the finals. Yeah. Like this last season, I do. So, I think they're a team that nobody really talks about. I think they use that to their advantage. Yeah. I think they end up making a run. I don't think it's going to be easy. Sure. But like we saw with the Suns this last season, you get lucky playing some other teams with some injuries, and yep. all of a sudden you can make it all the way. Oh, no, exactly. I think that could possibly happen for the Jazz this year. Um, especially given their depth, I think they can afford to maybe lose a guy or two and still maybe survive around, especially early on. Yep. So I think the Jazz will make it, and then I'm with you on the Nets. I think the yeah. Nets win the NBA championship this year. Uh, the firepower they have is absurd. Yeah. The one thing that can stop them is maybe Kyrie yeah, Irving. Just being a distraction, uh, yeah. Just being a distraction, and also uh, just injuries across the board. They've had a lot of guys that have missed a substantial amount of time the last few seasons yeah. with injuries. Not to mention a bunch of guys on their bench are older. Yep. Patty Mills yeah. in his mid-30s. He's good, but he's yeah. old. Blake Griffin, same deal. Paul Millsap, all of them. They're pretty kind of washed now. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't really know what to expect out of them given their age. Yeah. Um, they'll still be good. I think they, like I said, I think they win the NBA championship. Yeah. Uh, which brings me no joy. I don't really like James Harden like yeah. you, or I'm not the ba- big of a Kevin Durant guy either. Yeah. So, and I certainly don't like Blake Griffin. So yeah. um, it's a tough one for me to say. I would love the Jazz to beat them yeah. in the finals. I would, if that plays out, I would certainly be pulling for the Jazz. Oh, but totally. I think the Nets will probably win the whole thing. Uh, that said, I do have some picks. Yeah. Uh, 
for some awards this season. Uh, if you want to react, <coughs> you can. Um, for MVP, I think Giannis wins it. Yeah. I think he's the best player in the NBA. I feel like that's not even really close right now. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant should have a great year. Yeah. Everybody knows that, but... I feel like Giannis is just going to have that much better of a regular season. Also, Giannis being really the guy on his team will leave him a lot more of the spotlight while Kevin Durant yeah. is kind of going to have to share some numbers exactly. with a lot of other guys. Uh, and that might take away from him, uh, at least statistically. So I think Giannis will probably win MVP. Uh, I think he'll also win Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, I don't like Rudy Gobert, so yeah. I have to say that because it's really one or the other by this point. Yeah, uh, I think... Giannis probably wins it. He's an excellent defender. Uh, most improved, going with a Memphis guy, Jaron Jackson Jr. He's had a lot of injury issues the last few years. He's played less games for the Grizzlies than Sean Morant has. Oh, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. I love Jaron. Uh, I think he's going to be awesome. He went off the other night in preseason against the Bulls. Uh, I think he had 20-something points in just as many minutes. Oh, wow. Um, went like 7 for 10 from 3 or something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, I think he's going to have an absolutely fabulous year. Uh, give me Jaron Jackson for missing proof. He's also gotten bigger. He's now 7'1", yeah. 7'2". He's put on some weight. So I think rebounding and defense are going to improve even more. Um, rookie of the year, give me uh, Jalen Suggs. Uh, this is simply because a lot of he's, – he's on a team where he's going to be able to be in the spotlight due to people like Markel Fultz being injured early on. Uh, I think he he was the fifth overall pick uh, in this last draft. A lot of people think he slipped. I think he's going to be extraordinarily good. Uh, I think he's going to be on a team. It helps that he's in the East because it means that they'll be able to win probably some more games in the East that's a little uh, has a little less depth in the West. Yeah. Um, I think that Jalen Suggs wins the MVP of the season. Uh, that said, it is NBA opening night, uh, yeah. and it's not the biggest story that it's the NBA opening yeah. night. There are a lot of other stories going on right now. First, I'll start off with the most fun one. Uh, the most fun one is a quote that came out today from Joel Embiid, and then we'll go to Joel Embiid's teammate in a second. Joel Embiid said, if I can find it, uh, oh, no, sorry, Carl Anthony Towns said this. Carl Anthony Towns said his pregame ritual to pump him up this season is watching two gorillas fight to the death. That's not satirical. That's from, Hoop. Ready. that's from Hoop Central. That's not like something that's a joke. That's yeah. a legitimate thing that he said. Now, I don't know if it's the same video. I can't imagine there's many videos of two gorillas fighting to the death. Yeah. I can't imagine watching animated gorillas fight to the death. We'll probably yeah. do all too much for you. Um, I don't know. I just saw that and thought it was insane. So I thought I'd bring it up. Um, that said... Uh, there's a lot of controversy about getting players out of certain cities. We'll start with the small one and then get to the big one. The small one is Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley was the number two overall pick by the Sacramento Kings, the worst franchise in the NBA, maybe with the exception of the New Orleans Pelicans or the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, But Marvin Bagley was the number two overall pick in a draft that included Luka Doncic, Jaron Jackson Jr., Trey Young, uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, um, Michael Porter Jr., a bunch of guys that just signed their extensions that are $100 million plus. Yeah. This dude has done nothing. 
Now, he's put up good stats or whatever. He plays terrible defense. He's pretty athletic. I think he's good. I actually do think he's a very good player. I would love for my team to trade for him. Uh, but he's out of the rotation now in Sacramento, uh, and his agent released a statement today uh, saying, Sacramento has informed Mar- Marvin Bagley he is not in the opening night rotation, which is completely baffling. It's clear that they had no plans for, for the future and passed on potential deals at last year's trade deadline in the summer based on value. Instead, they chose to bring him back and not play him, a move completely contradictory to their value argument. This is a case study in mismanagement by the Kings organization. Now, his first mistake is being baffled that the Kings organization could be stupid. Yeah. Uh, the Kings organization and management is terrible. They're known for being chumps, especially when it comes to trades. They never make the trades they should, and they always make the trades they shouldn't for yeah. value that's terrible. So they should have tra- traded Marvin Bagley when he was still in the rotation uh, and still a little bit younger and not in a year where his contract's about to expire. Sure. Um, it is baffling to me that they are not going to trade him and they're going to bench him. Yeah. Why you would bench him is beyond me. He's still 22. I mean, at least get something for him while you can, right? He averaged like 20 points when he was playing. Yeah. He's a very good player, but they're benching him uh, for some reason that's beyond me. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they ended up trading him. His family's wanted him out of Sacramento for a few years now. They've been pretty vocal about that. His yeah. dad has. So. I mean, I'd want my, my kid or my, my friend to be out of Sacramento. I mean, Sacramento is a retirement city, in my opinion, because yeah. that's up in Northern California, so I've been up there a few times. Yeah, yeah. you have. I've never been there, but I don't plan on it. Um, yeah, he, he needs to get out of Sacramento. Now, the other one, this is the big story, is uh, Ben Simmons in Philadelphia. Now, Ben Simmons, uh, if you have not been following, uh, has wanted out of Philadelphia for a while, and Philadelphia has wanted him out of Philadelphia for a while. Um, This all came to a head when Ben Simmons decided that he would not report to training camp. Now, he did not report to training camp. He has not practiced with the team until today. Today, he showed up to practice in sweatpants with his phone in his pocket. And if you you could watch videos of him during drills, he could not have cared less yeah. to be there. This was ultimately proven when the coach uh, Doc Rivers asked him to participate in a drill, as a coach probably would, mm-hmm. and he declined multiple times. At which point Doc Rivers said, "You can leave practice." He shouldn't. Have, he should have asked him not to come in the first place because yeah. this is just going to be a distraction. It's going to hurt them more than it's going to help. Yeah, especially on opening night. I mean, you you really need to kind of solidify a good start. Your to season's season. about to start, yeah. and now you bring back a guy that's been a distraction for now months, saying he doesn't want to play with any of those guys, saying he wants out of Philadelphia, yeah. s- being pretty specific about where he wants to get trading to, really dissing most of the yeah. league, saying he wants to play for a team in California when he knows full well none of them have the assets to trade for him when the most likely spot is probably you end up in Detroit or Minnesota, which is the opposite of California. I mean, that's you can't really complain that much, really. Now, he has, and now he's been really annoying about it, and now Philly fans are going to hate him even more, causing him to be more of a distraction. It's just a disastrous situation. I mean, Ben Simmons needs to know his place in the NBA, it's just selfish of him, honestly. It, it really is. I don't blame him for not wanting to be there, but he should handle that pretty internally. Yeah. 
he should go to the GM or the owner or whoever on his own and say, hey, listen, I've been thinking for a while. I don't think I have much of a future with this franchise. I know y'all have me on a contract for a long time. I'd love for y'all to do right by me. I've given a lot to this franchise the last few years. And I'd love to play somewhere I want to go mm -hmm. if y'all can make it happen. Yeah. I would just love for y'all to test the uh, waters. If not, I'll play for y'all for a little bit longer, and then I might get vocal about it. Yeah, I mean, h handle it professionally, right? Don't don't be this this kind of, you know, don't don't portray yourself to be just this this selfish guy that only looks out for himself, you know? I mean, yeah. So. That that's what he's done. Uh he hadn't been the same since he got around the Kardashians and Jenners, I'll say yeah. that much. Um, you know, you hate to see it for the guy. He has a he has a lot of talent, but his trade value is awful right now simply because of locker room. It would just be so so unbelievably yeah. terrible. I mean, to have him around. So we'll see what happens to Ben Simmons. Probably nothing good. I mean, for Philly, it's just a terrible spot to be in. Yeah. I mean, he's only ever going to be a distraction. Yeah. I mean, what are you supposed to do with a guy like that? He's on an absolutely massive deal for years. By the way, he's already lost over a million dollars by not coming to preseason games. Um, like that's much for him, though. Let's, let's just be honest. His teammates aren't super into him. Joel Embiid's been like, I'm not... I don't you care know, about that stuff. I don't care about it. I'm not paying attention to it, whatever. Your teammates are obviously going to be pretty pissed whether you come back or whether you leave. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just need him gone. They should trade him for even peanuts by this point because that would be better than the catastrophe that he could absolutely cause yeah. uh, with the process up in Philly, which, by the way, has now apparently failed miserably as Joel Embiid seems to be the only surviving member. Yep. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's it's been... You, you really do hate to see this for Philly fans. I mean, they've been through so much pain when you look at their history. I mean, going back to the process, them being the worst team and, yep. like, recent memory to Kawhi Leonard hitting a shot over them and the Eastern Conference Finals on a shot that bounced on the rim billion times. I mean, Philly basketball fans have really been through it, and now with Ben Simmons, it's just getting even tougher. Yeah. Um, this is significantly worse than we saw out of James Harden last year. James Harden was on a deal that was close to expiring, if I'm right. He also um, had a lot better trade value. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons performing poorly in the playoffs does not help him at all. Um, I think, personally, he can be a second-best player on a team that's pretty good, but that's about his limit. Yeah. Um, he wants to be the guy that's never going to happen for him. Um, you, you hate to see this for Ben Simmons, for Philly fans. Both sides kind of need to grow up and figure out a deal. Yeah. Um, until then, I think it's best for him just to stay away from the team because yeah. it's just not going to work. Yep. No, no, totally. It's not. Yeah. But, but anyways... That's the big story tonight. Um, ben Simmons being his his, his same old selfish uh, self, I guess. Um, but but anyways, the the NBA season is kicking off tonight. Yeah. Right now, the the Bucks and the Nets are actually in the fourth quarter. Who's up? Um, Bucks are up one hundred nine to ninety five with seven twenty four left. Check the box score real quick. I just want to see. Uh, we'll leave after this. We'll we'll call yeah. it. I just want to see. Uh, who's played well? Durant twenty six points, eight rebounds, four assists. Harden, eight rebounds, eight assists, 20 points. All right, so they played pretty good. Yeah, well, yeah. What about point Wyatt? Who else has played good for the Nats? Anybody else or no? Patty Mills is 21. Really? Yeah, 21. Wow. Two rebounds, two assists. So nobody else has played really that good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man. But then, then Giannis doing his, his same old good oh. stuff. 28 minutes, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, and 32 points. Man. All right. So, yeah, yeah. the Bucks winning that one. Uh, in a matchup from last year's Eastern Conference Finals, it looks at least like the Bucks are going to win. I feel yeah. pretty confident calling that. Yeah. Uh, that will also call the show, I think. Yeah, yeah. So so that's going to be the end of the show for this week. Um, thank you again for, for coming back and watching us. Um, if you've been watching us, thank you so much. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe down below. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at the Jack and Ian Show, and we'll see you next week. We'll see you. Thank you all for stopping by. See you later.